Hello, Trash Can Nation. This is your co-president, Micah. And we're going to have a little chat today about the state of Trash Can Nation. I'm going to throw it over to Chris for more. As you know, my fellow Trash Canians, we have had ultimate success going on our 44th episode of the Donut Box podcast. With that being said, we must protect all of our websites, both from enemies, both foreign and domestic. We recently had a hack of our website, but we will say we will not negotiate with terrorists. So please be a helpful supporter and go out to the polls and vote for Trash Can Nation on November 8th. Remember, vote Trash Can Nation. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Micah. And you're listening to the Donut Box Podcast. Well, thank you, all you trash can OGs. Welcome to another wonderful episode of the Donut Box Podcast. We're on episode 44. Do we have, have we had 44 or 45 presidents? Are we on number 45 or 46? This is bad on us, but I think 46, because I think wasn't Obama 44, and then I think, yeah, so we're 46. Well, technically, it's only 45, because Grover Cleveland was the president for 22nd and 24, so we've had 46 changes of, I guess, office, if you'd say, but really and truly, there's only been 45 guys being president. But anyways, off that soapbox, welcome back. If you are a brand new listener, welcome. But welcome back to all of our listeners from Asia, from Australia, from Spain, from Ireland. London is becoming a big one. Kansas is always consistent, man. Our people in the uh, the hometown of Georgia, so, sorry, not hometown of Georgia, ho- home state of Georgia. And of course, from our home state of Texas. So we love you guys. So we are going to jump into our old-fashioned donut, which is a story from our past. Now, we got some interesting topic for you today. So, Micah and I both have had very, very horrible jobs. And today, we're going to do our part one of our crappy jobs. And we're going to start with Micah, because I know Micah has some stories about some of the crappiest jobs that he's ever had. So, take it away, Micah. All right. So, this first crappy job... Believe it or not, I'm, I'm going to save my crappiest job. But So I was 19, and I was about to move to Austin, Texas. And so I saw this job listing as a airline refueler. And so basically, I thought, loving planes, oh yeah, I don't want to be a refueler. And I had refueling experience before. So I thought, boom, I'll have a job. So called them up. They gave me a phone interview. They said uh, they'll get back to me. And I just remember I waited, waited, waited. Then ended up getting there. And very quick process. They went through this whole thing. Anyways, get into the job. And it was in the middle of the summertime. So it was outside, middle of the summertime. And this company was very, very cheap. So they didn't provide us with water during the day. Which I'm pretty sure was kind of illegal thinking back on it. Um, But it was... It was just blazing hot, and they were so short-staffed that they were just mass-hiring people. But since it was an airport, it was so hard to get people that could not only pass a drug test, but, like, FBI background checks and stuff like that. So, literally, they had us working mandatory 16 hours for two days a week. So, basically, we had to work a 16-hour shift twice a week. Um, 
at like the manager's discretion. Basically, it could be on the fly, just depending on what the staffing is and whatnot. Literally, um, I chose the very, very early shift because if you're anywhere near the Austin, Texas area, the traffic is terrible. Like the traffic is absolutely awful. So you wanna you wanna leave really, really early. So the option that I had was to either come in at two in the afternoon or I could come in at 3.30 in the morning. So I opted for 3.30 in the morning. Of course, I was with all the old timers because none of the young bucks wanted to come in at 3.30 in the morning. So here I am making the coffee. You, you know how Chris and I do the, uh, you know, kind of the old men in the coffee shop. And it, it's, it's like that in the morning before going to your fuel truck. It's like you all sit around, you have your coffee, you kind of talk about what's going on with the wife and kids, and then it's like, well, time to go get at them. And then you all stand up there, and then you all go to your truck. And since they were old timers, you know, they had their own trucks. You were the newbie. You didn't have your own truck kind of thing. Basically, they you would get last in line. And uh, it was a very stressful job. Um, once you got on the main line, you had to refuel for Southwest Airlines. Now, good airline if you want to fly them. However, they like to have all their flight schedules go in at once and come out at once. So basically, everybody flies in and goes out in the matter of about 30 minutes to an hour because they want a quick turnaround. And um, modern airports, normally what they have is they have little carts and fuel ports in the ground right there at the gate so they can just refill it there and they don't actually need the truck. Well... Austin didn't have that, so we had to drive the truck back halfway across the field to refill the thing, to refill the trucks, and have to go back and forth. And you'd have to figure out how much fuel you had on the fly and all sorts of stuff. Um, not to mention you had to keep everything on schedule because if there was any flight delays, then that was financial penalties for the company. So it was just like lots of pressure, lots of pressure. Well, ultimately what happened... <laughs> so. I, uh, I had only been working there about a month and a half, and one day after a 16-hour shift, it was it was terrible. Um, I, I got, like, heat poisoning really bad because it was just over 100. It was just real bad, and I'd been out there for just long periods of time with limited water and whatnot. Um, then shortly thereafter, uh, my second check that I was supposed to get from them actually bounced so when I tried to cash it, it bounced. And so at that point, of course, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm just going to look for something else because, you know, the, it, this isn't worth it for the check to bounce. And what really had the final straw for me was um, one day I, I got off my normal time, you know, um, which was around the 2.30 time and was going home. It started getting phone calls from work. They had just suddenly deemed that, oh, you have to work 16 hours today. And I was already halfway home. So I was like, nah, I'm not answering the phone. Like, y'all didn't tell me anything. I'm not answering the phone. I'm not coming back. And so what did they do? Uh, they called my emergency contact, which is my fiance now. Like my emergency contact, if something were to happen, if I was hurt or dying or something, and they called her, and she was in college at the time, so she was in class. And they literally called her and was like, he needs to come back right now. This is an emergency. Like, And he, she's like, what emergency is it? It's like, we're short-staffed. 
And literally they were, I mean, they were just trying to get me to come back in any means. And after that, I just told them, I was like, yeah, I'm putting in my two weeks. And I didn't even, I don't even think I went two weeks with it because um, we still had like a whole big debacle about the check and all sorts of stuff. And it took a while. I actually almost got evicted from my first apartment because that check was so late. Terrible, terrible experience, but only about a month and a half and I got out of that sucker. Yeah, so basically you were really working for free if they weren't paying you, man. Like, as soon as the check bounced, uh-uh, bro. That's big signs that those are big red flags that you need to get out of there, especially when their check bounces. Mm-mm. Insufficient funds. Can't be doing it. Can't be doing it all. Yeah, I can only imagine. And, you know, you, you love planes. Did that kind of, like, not turn you off from planes, but did it kind of, like, just put a bad taste in your mouth? No, and I'll tell you why. It's because being with those uh, the, the old-timers, they had been there for probably 20, 30 years, and they had seen all the companies that had changed hands. And uh, knowing the aviation industry, it's all about the bottom dollar. And this company was – the reason that they were getting all the contracts is because they were charging next to nothing. So in order to make money, they had to penny-pinch anywhere they could. And so the thing is, as – bad as it is that's how they had to run it in a way so for me i understand how it is i'm not saying don't like short your staff or anything like that i'm not saying that uh definitely pay your bills but at the same time i think that was why it was hard for them to pay the bills and that's why they kept changing hands so many times is because um because since i've worked for that company and it's been ooh six years now They've gone through four name changes now that that company has. So it, it just tells you. Um, and not to mention, I didn't I didn't mention how much I was getting paid at the time. I thought this was a lot at the time, but for Austin, it's not. I was getting paid $10.50 an hour to do that. Dang, you can go to Cane's right now or Burger King or whatever and make 15 So that's nuts. But, I mean, it was like six years ago. So at that time, that was pretty significant. When you're only when you only known working minimum wage. Yeah. Well, and and time and a half was uh, for all overtime. And so when you're working those sixteen hour days, you're guaranteed to get overtime. So it's like you you know you're gonna make pretty pretty decent money from it. But it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work. Yeah, a lot of work for not a lot of pay. A lot of a lot of driving. A lot of early mornings. A lot of early flips. Cause. I mean, when you're working those 16-hour days, I didn't get off till 7, 8 o'clock at night sometimes, and you have to be back at 3 a.m. or 3.30. You know, that it just wasn't feasible. And so it's easy for the, all the guys who had, like, the 2 p.m. shift because if they had to get up really early and pull a 16-hour, the next day they could sleep in until 2 p.m. pretty much. So it was it was crazy, but I'm glad I left. <laughs> Yeah, man, that sounds like a crappy job for sure. So that was part one of our crappy jobs segment. Tune in next week to hear about my crappy jobs. Uh, I'll tell a couple stories, and Micah's definitely heard these stories before, but you guys have it, so I'll tell you about the crappiest job I've ever had. So we're going to move into our next segment, which is the chocolate donut. Normally we have the jelly donut this segment, but we're moving into the chocolate donut, which is called Tie Your Shoes Because You Trippin'. It's all about people that have either been on a horrible date or they messed up in a relationship or had a bad breakup. So it's called tie your shoes because you tripping. You ready to get them shoes laced up so that we can do tie your shoes because you tripping? Oh yeah. Let's hear these. So the first one is about a first date 
And I guess the date went very well. And I think this was overseas or maybe up north because they call it a flat, which is, I guess, is an apartment. Is that what that is? Yeah. Sounds like England, maybe. Shout out UK. This lady says that she got back from a date and that I guess things were going well. And she went to this guy's apartment and he said, I'll be back in a minute. And he disappeared for 20 minutes. And then he came back dressed in full film quality Willy Wonka, the Jim, the, or sorry, the Gene Wilder costume. So, like, he was decked out in the Gene Wilder Willy Wonka costume. He did the little walk into the room with the stick and the fake fall and rollover and everything. So, Tayo Shoes, because you trip it. I mean, that's definitely not the weirdest thing that I've ever heard to happen on, like, on a first date. But the man literally dressed up in a Willy Wonka costume and did the whole fall from the 70s version of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. What did she expect on his online profile? It said, if you get me, baby, you get a golden ticket. And that's what he meant by it, you know? I guess so. Hoopa loopa doopity doo. There's not going to be a second date for you. All right, next one. Uh, tie your shoes because you're tripping. All right, this one. Uh, this was not on a first date, but it was on a fifth date. Um, this lady was a invited to meet the guy's parents which she thought was way too soon so how many dates do you think it should be until they meet the parents at least five well i guess he met he met that rule so she went over to his house and then his mom was a typical mom she kind of sounds like the mom from uh everybody loves raymond and she brings out this huge binder full of bridal ideas and wedding venues and like there she's trying to plan a wedding with this lady who's only had like five dates with this guy so uh tie your shoes because you trip that's a little nuts if you ask me did he run the girl it was the girl that that went over oh it was the girl that went over so it was hold on so it was the guy's mom that was like oh my gosh let's get all the wedding stuff started yeah it was the guy's mom so this guy he took his date to meet uh his parents and then the his mom came out with this binder and was like, oh yeah, let's uh, see what kind of wedding ideas we have. And she brought out coffee and dessert and everything and was like, oh yeah, let's plan this wedding. Oh, she's tripping. She definitely needs to tie them shoes. That's, 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 if that's, if it's the girl's mom, I, I can kind of see that happening, but the guy's mom, oh, did she run? <laughs> yeah, maybe they were just ready for him. Yeah, maybe they were just ready for uh, her to, or him to get married. And she was like, oh yeah, Marry my son, please. All right, this next one. Um, so it was this lady, and she traveled to New York, and her boyfriend told her that she, um, or that he had leukemia. And so she went to care for him, like, three months in. And um, basically, things, one thing led to another, and they uh, knew each other biblically, if you know what I mean. So they had a very intimate time. And then turns out homie said that, hey, my parents are coming into town. Uh, let me put you in a hotel. So he like kicks her out of his apartment. And then while she's at the hotel, she gets on the Wi-Fi and she like uh, does some research and some Googling. I guess like sh they have been like kind of talking back and forth. They had met online and then come to find out uh, she messages his sister and was like, hey, I'm so sorry that your brother is going through this leukemia deal. And his sister says, yeah, my brother doesn't have leukemia. Like, he doesn't, ha he's not sick. W when, when did he get leukemia? So this guy was faking having leukemia so that I guess he could get this girl there and they could, you know, have a good time. But yeah, he's totally faking it. And she, he got, he kicked her out, put her in a hotel. And uh, yeah, so he was faking it just to get her to come see him. Tie your shoes because you tripping. That is crazy. 
That's that's crazy. Yeah, that's pretty messed up. It really is messed up. Um, you should definitely not use that as an excuse. Like of all the excuses to get someone to come see you playing around when you play around with stuff like that man eventually it comes back to get you all right so this next one this is a case of a bitter ex um says turns out my ex-girlfriend keeps spoiling game of thrones for me in a sense uh oh sorry backtrack so this guy admits that, that he did cheat on his ex during the relationship and so she found out after they broke up she blocked him on everything, but she briefly unblocks him every Monday night to send him Game of Thrones spoilers before he can watch it. So she blocks him, and then every Monday night, whenever Game of Thrones comes on, she unblocks him and then texts him the spoilers, which I think is absolutely hilarious. I mean, whatever you gotta do to get closure, boo, I guess. <laughs> Honestly, I she does need to tie her shoes because she's stripping. She needs to let him go, but at the same time, he shouldn't have been cheating on her. So, I mean... I guess karma comes back and bites you. Yeah, that is a pretty funny way to do it. Pretty creative, actually. It's not super harmful, you know, but it, it definitely <laughs> definitely ruins the show for him. At least she's not going and, like, slashing his tires or pouring coffee on his carpet. Like, I mean, granted, she shouldn't be, like, doing it and it's kind of messing with him. But at the same time, like, it's harmless. All right, two more. So... Uh, this lady broke up with her freelance journalist fiance because of his bio on his agency's website. This lady named Joanne, she lives in Wales with her husband and two dogs named Jack and Jill. Uh, she was surprised when his bio on his personal website uh, said his simple pleasures in life included traveling in his Volkswagen, Volkswagen van drinking with his brothers, and the smell of a bonfire on a cold winter night. She asked him why didn't he mention that he was married. I guess he just forgot. She asked, would he update his bio to include her? Sure thing. Days later, she had a look at his bio. It hadn't been updated. She asked about it. He forgot. Please update it. Sure thing. She checked days later. Same thing. Same question. Same response. She asked her friends if she was wrong to let it bother her that much. Uh, so one friend joked that maybe he wanted to appear single and that got her investigating. Turns out that he had been cheating on her for years. So his bio was a cover up that, uh, he had been cheating on her and she was mad that he didn't include her in the bio. So, um, and she broke up with them. So I'm not going to tell her to tie her shoes cause she's tripping, but she definitely needs to tie them laces a little bit tighter. <laughs> well, to find out because of a bio, I'm telling you the internet and social media ruins everything nowadays. All right, this last one, I'm just going to give the parental warning here right now. This is a family-friendly show. This one is a little bit PG-13. So kids, close your ears or fast forward through this little bit. All right, so um, this lady was never really into social media. But one night, she was with some of her girlfriends, and they convinced her to download Facebook. The first thing that she did, of course, after setting up her account, was sending friend requests to the her two friends and then she looked up her boyfriend okay so i can you can already tell where this is going she scrolled down and clicked on one of the posts it was a pair of underwear and her first reaction was to be very upset because she was like i can't believe he posted a picture of my underwear and he uh or going through my uh drawers <laughs> literally and figuratively um and so she scrolled down further and she found the pictures of her boyfriend and her mom and they were being very uh overly friendly with each other um so it was actually her mother's underwear um and the guy 
posted on the picture said, my girl gets it from her mom. That's what he posted under the picture of the underwear. Uh, she confronted them both and they confessed to them having a one-year affair. Now, her boyfriend and her are married with three kids. And it's not the last time that something like that happened. She said that she's thinking of divorce, but her mother is paying her rent so that she can continue to have this affair with her husband. So she can't really go anywhere because she's financially depending on her mom because she pays her rent. But her mom is having an affair with her husband. Man, this lady, not not the lady we're talking about, but the mom and the husband, man, they need to tie their shoes because they tripping hard, tripping real hard because that's messed up, bro. Like that is just All weird. I'm saying is, did you did you get this story from Jerry Springer? Were you watching Jerry Springer and get this story? It sounds like a story straight from there. No, I did not watch Jerry Springer to, uh, to get that story. Um, Micah does, you know know some people that have gone through this uh personally i won't i won't blast the people that he knows on there but they may or not be related to him so uh something kind of similar happened to this happened happened in micah's uh circle of of acquaintances should i say but yeah man that's just really messed up really really messed up jerry jerry yeah it's it's true my thing is like why did she still marry the guy after he had like a that like crosses the boundaries like hardcore like I don't feel like that's something you can come back from like me personally that's just me you can't come back from that it's just like it's just like when Michael Scott was with Pam's mom it's like how how does Pam's mom come back from that you can't well speaking of Michael Scott that's an actual good segue into the donut hole and this week it's going to be not my movie picks of the week but like they're kind of movie picks slash shows so I'll do. Very quick with the first one, a lot of people have been having mixed feelings about the new Pinocchio that came out on Disney+. Plus. It's a remake of the 1940 original. It has Tom Hanks in it, and to be honest with you, I, I thought it was personally pretty good for a remake. There were a lot of people that did not like it, but they did add some things to the story that did, like, they added some characters and some story arcs that... It didn't take away from the story, but it made it a little bit more of an original thing. Um, if you compare it to the original, like, you know, of course, you're going to critique it and be like, oh, the original was better. But this was actually a pretty good remake. It's one that maybe needed to happen, but it was a pretty good remake, man. Like, they gave Pinocchio this story arc of getting kicked out of school, and uh, Tom Hanks was good, of course, but I thought it was I thought it was a good movie. I really did. And a lot of people, some people like it, some people don't like it. But I think you should check it out. It's definitely worth the watch. So uh, I know you're not really big into movies, but you know if your fiance likes the Disney Plus and everything, you should definitely have her check it out. Yes, we have we have Disney Plus. <laughs> this is the main show that I want to talk about. Okay, so it's it's really good, and I found this on Hulu. It's called The Patient. And it has Steve Carell in it. Now, normally, when Steve Carell is in something, I just view him as being Michael Scott. But this is like a high, heavy drama. And my uh, Steve Carell is really good in this. Like, I forgot that he was Michael Scott slash Steve Carell because he played this character so well. So it's about this therapist, and this guy is Jewish. And um, it kind of cuts back and forth to present time and then to the past. So you're kind of piecing stories together. But he lost his wife to cancer. And... Um, he's helping people and he, one of the people that he is helping is this client who turns out to be a serial killer and the guy kidnaps him and chains him to the bed 
and he's like, hey, like, I really don't want to be a serial killer anymore. Like, I want you to help me with this problem. And so Steve Carell is basically a prisoner and he's this therapist and he's trying to help this serial killer not commit another crime because he's like, I can feel it. I'm about to commit this crime. I, I'm sorry I had to kidnap you, but this was the only way I could be fully honest with you because I knew that if I told you that you'd go to the police and Steve Carell is like wrestling with being a prisoner but at the same time, he's like trying to do his job to kind of survive. And like he's trying to help this serial killer like break his habits. And like it breaks down a lot of the stereotypes about serial killers. But it's also really good because you see uh, not Michael Scott, Steve Carell playing like this character. And he's really good. And he's in a serious role. And he's this Jewish man who just recently lost his wife. And he has like an estranged family. Um, and so it's really interesting to see it and the way that they tell it, it's like they're slowly unraveling pieces. So you kind of have to get more engaged and keep watching to kind of figure out what's going on. So it's definitely really, really good. I recommend it. Is it also a thinker as well? I mean, it's kind of like that moral thinking. It's like, okay, what would you do in that situation? Cause like Steve Carell is like not only trying to help this guy, but he's also trying to escape too. So he's like wrestling between how much am I helping this guy to actually help this guy or how much am I helping this guy so I can see a weakness and then like escape. And it's, it's really good right now. There's only five episodes. And the thing I like about Hulu is they're releasing one episode every week. So you kind of have to stay honed in. It's kind of hard because I like binge watching stuff, but it's really good because I have something to look forward to. It's like, Oh, this new episode's coming out and I can watch it. Um, and I think they're doing really good by captivating the audience, but yeah, man, it's really good. Cause this guy is like, he's, he's human, but at the same time he gets in these modes where he just snaps and he's like this serial killer. So like you love and hate the guy that Steve Carell is helping, but it's pretty good, man. Like I was kind of weary about it whenever I saw it on Hulu and then I gave it a try and I got hooked. So definitely something, like I said, Steve Carell is one of those actors, like, once you've seen one movie, you kind of see them all because he kind of plays himself a lot of the time. But this one, I totally forgot it was Steve Carell, and I was focused on uh, this this character that he plays. And so, you know, he's an older Jewish man. And so there are moments where, like, he does do some Steve Carell funny stuff, but most of it is pretty serious, man. But so if, if y'all are checking that out on Hulu, um, the new episodes release every Monday or Tuesdays. So y'all check those out for sure. But yeah. Those are my recommendations for the week. Yeah, man. So we're going to fast forward into one of my personal favorites, which is what fries my donuts. Yeah. Micah, what fries your donuts this week? Oh, what fries my donuts? Oh, Lord. So we're going to talk about bad leadership. You know, one thing that I can't stand, you know, have you ever heard the term, a good salesman can't stand to hear a bad salesman? I mean, I think that's a Michael Scott line too, but at the same time, it's true. Like, I can't, I can't stand hearing bad salesmen. I'm not calling myself a good leader by any standard. I mean, I have decent qualities, I feel like. But, I mean, I hate hearing the bad leaders talk and what they do. Because I'll just be candid with you. Um, I've seen I've seen a lot of leadership. We were talking about, you know, bad jobs before. I've seen a lot of bad bosses. And what do they all have in common? Most of them, it, they think that they're experienced, but at the same time, they're they're missing the small stuff. Being a leader is about the attention to detail and the really small things, you know, because you want to run a tight ship, especially in a lot of these jobs. A lot of the times, 
they wonder why things aren't running efficiently or effectively. And most of the time, it's because they're hindering that from happening. And the reason is, they don't want to put in the work. So their employees beneath them don't want to put in the work. And you have one or two people beneath them doing all the work. You know, if nobody else is doing the work, those people will move on. Uh, But at the same time, if they're not willing to do the work, they're not going to say yes to anything that requires work. So nothing's going to progress. It's just going to be a stagnant environment. And, you know, I've seen it happen so many times. And it's very frustrating. It's very frustrating when when that happens because... A lot of the times you can see how it could be improved and how it can go better, but they poison their own waters in a lot of the, in a lot of ways. I understand there's no, and you know, I, there there are management books, right? But there's no one standard way to be a leader or to manage or anything like that. But at the same time, I feel like there are those who have the abilities. I, I tend to use sports a lot, so I'm going to try not to use sports, but it, it fits so well. There's those there's those that stand out of the pack, you know, and they, they have those abilities and they have picked up the things along the way that tell them what to do whenever they get to that leadership role. And I feel like too often in our society, we, especially here in the United States, we reward what we think is time and experience as they would be a good leader and that is that doesn't equate a lot of the time just because somebody has sat in a chair for 18 years doesn't mean that they know what to do and how to lead and how to manage people or how to manage situations um they could have been playing minesweeper <laughs> for 18 years we, we don't know you know just because somebody's been there a very long time doesn't mean anything um a lot of people come and go in jobs and a lot of people come and go in different situations. I mean, even Chris being a pastor, I mean, there's times in church there are people that come and go. And maybe there were some things that were strengths and weaknesses that were known in the past that might not be known anymore because of how much time has passed. After a while, it just becomes, oh, they've been here for this long. They must be good. And that's that's not true entirely. Now, I'm not saying don't give people opportunities, but I think that that's where we're going wrong in a lot of instances is we're rewarding the quote-unquote experience more than the good ideas and the the knowledge of what's actually going on in the moment. Yeah, um, which is kind of interesting. I actually learned this today um, that like boomers and Gen Xers, they really value like knowledge and experience. So they value like education. So if someone has like a PhD or they've been in a seat for a long time, they really value like that knowledge and that experience, which, which is not wrong at all. That's not wrong at all. We should honor those that do have experience and do have knowledge. But at the same time, we also need to look at capability and quality and how can those people can those people command not only a room but can they like command people and when i say command people like can you get people on board to do what you need them to do because there's a difference between a boss and there's a difference between a leader a boss is someone that just points and tells you oh yeah we're going to do this this and this and then they kick back in their chair and then whenever they have the rewards they're like oh yeah that was all me and they take all the credit and then whenever it fails they'll be like i had nothing to do with that a leader is somebody that gets people on their team and whether they l- win or whether they lose they say you know what that's on me I, the burden of that falls on me because i'm the leader of this so all the responsibility falls on me so 
I think being a good leader is knowing how to pull stuff out of people and being able to get people on board for whatever it is you're doing. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, it's it's all about also getting, as a good leader, getting people to buy into what you're, what you're saying. And it, it can be rather difficult sometimes. Sometimes you step into situations where you have a bunch of team members that aren't buying into what anybody is saying. It's there's a lot to it, and we can go into a lot of what a good leader is. But I'll tell you, it, since it's what fries my donuts, um, you know, we've done a profile on him of people from our past in the boot corral. But I mean, our main boss there is one of the primary examples of just what what constitutes as a as a bad leader. You know, it was very self centered. It was very all about myself. It was the staff works for me. I'm getting all the rewards and you know it was very little of what the staff you know the staff is doing things for me you know and having that attitude of gratefulness towards what we were doing for him it was a very fear-based thing as well you know you had to you had to work based on fear and it wasn't I understand as a, a boss and a leader you don't want to be people's friend but at the same time if people are doing the right thing, no need to terrorize them. You know, if they're doing their job and doing it to the best of their ability, you know, why why terrorize them and keep, you know, keep cracking the whip sort of thing. It was just, there's a lot we can go into on that, but that stuff just really fries my donut. Well, even too, I, what fries my donuts about that is people, and most of it is when people get that leadership role for the very first time when they throw their title around or they throw their weight around and if you have to beat your chest and say yeah i'm the man or i'm the leader and i'm the boss and you got to do what i say nine times out of ten those people don't respect you and they're not going to listen to what you say and they're not going to listen to what you tell them to do i mean i've been guilty of it i've been guilty of being the one like well i'm the assistant manager so you got to do what i say you're going to get a write-up and blah 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 i made that mistake very very early on and i learned the hard way that's not how you treat people that's not how you talk to people and yeah like micah said um uh, it all it really all does flow from the top so whatever your leadership cares about or whatever they do it's going to trickle down and if you're as a leader if you're not um, driving it or you're not putting in work your team isn't really going to want to really put in work either and they're not going to have that buy-in that you said so it's all about getting them to have buy-in like what you said yeah absolutely so it's it's frustrating sometimes but Hopefully, you know, hopefully we'll be in environments, uh, or at least myself in an environment someday to where it really is an effective team. One more thing. I also hate this. Whenever people throw you under the bus to make themselves look good as a leader, I hate that. It's like, bro, like, come on, dude. Like, don't throw your team under the bus. You should be throwing yourself in front of the bus as a leader instead of throwing yourself or throwing your team under the bus. Hey, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good analogy. I think I might put that in a book called tie your shoes because you tripping a book on leadership or what was that michael <laughs> scott book somehow i there manage. you go <laughs> somehow i manage yep there you go <laughs> that's great well we are going to segue into uh, one of our favorite segments which is the mystery donut and it's our improv segment and it's our free improv this week so micah do you want to choose some voices for us oh sure let's let's take a look here how many are we doing we got three options we got three options I say we do a preacher voice. Okay, so we're going to do our preacher voice, and we are going to do our preacher voice 
at the fair. Since the fair is coming into town, well, the fair is already in my town. I don't know if it's in San Antonio yet, but the fair is here in my in my town. Usually, this is a fair time, so we'll do uh, two preachers at the fair. Oh Lord! All right, do you want to start? Yeah, I'll go ahead and start. Brother Jones, we are here today at the Texas State Fair, and I know that God said, taste and see that the Lord is good, and I am going to taste and see that that big 950-foot corn dog is good. Thank you, Jesus. Today, we are here, and we are here to see what we can do for our community. We gonna go on the highways that we came from the byways. And now we're here at the state and county fair to say the Lord is good. And just like brother Jones over here said, we got to eat good today. And I'm just feeling right now in my spirit that there are two people that want to give me a mech pass. So me and brother Jones can go on the Ferris wheel. So we can go on the loop-de-loop ride. So, so we can go on the funhouse. There are two people. God is calling you to act out your faith and to sow a seed into our ministry by buying us a mega pass so that we can experience the fullness of God's glory. If you want to, you can write me a check. You know, I just saw somebody on a roller coaster. The Lord showed me somebody on a roller coaster. And you know what they said? I saw him pull his wallet out and he gave me a hundred dollar bill. And he said, oh brother, this is for your ministry. And I was gonna buy my wife some funnel cake. And my second partner of funnel cake, she, don't tell my wife, she don't know she here. But I tell you this, they both getting funnel cake. Maybe getting an old middle light for old pastor over here. You know, we gonna split the wealth. Cause I'm all about the congregation. I'm all about giving the money out. I'm not about giving it to myself. I'm not about keeping Mercedes Benz. If you listen to the last episode, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not about keeping it for myself, but I'm all about giving it to the congregation. Brother Jones, it says in Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will make your paths straight. And he's making my path straight straight to the funnel cake. Oh, I got something coming to me right now. It's from the book of Saga Solomon. Actually, this is a family program. We ain't going to where that was going to go. I'm so sorry. You know, I'll switch it up to Psalms. Actually, I can't say that with neither. So, you know what we're going to go to? We're going to go right over to the funnel cake. That's what we're going to do. I say prayer dismissed. What do you think? Brother Jones, let's go and get this turkey leg and let's pray that the Lord will direct our paths. I'm going to start there, God. We thank you that you're the king the Lord alone. Jehovah Rapha, our healer. Jehovah Nisi, our peace. We thank you, Jehovah Jireh. You are our provider and we thank you for providing this funnel cake and this turkey leg. And this nine foot court dog, and this strawberry lemonade, and these fried stickers. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And we want to just thank you, Lord, for being here today. We want to thank you for having your blessings on all the food and the turkey legs. And we want to thank you for the churros, because we're in the state of Texas. And we want to thank you for all the women in the, I mean, the, the margarita. And I mean, oh, I'm so sorry. I meant the, the, 
the lemonade like uh, the, the previous brother said. But we just want to thank you for everything that you have provided. And I tell you that just like it says in the Bible, every rose has its thorn. You know, I think that might have been Brett Michaels instead. But anyways, I'm going to stop now, Jesus. We're going to stop all we ahead, Lord, and this before this congregation kicks me out and says you ain't assistant pastor no more. So we're going to close it out. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. All right, that was our improv segment. Hey. That's a great time. Two pastors at the fair. Uh, good time. Good time, man. So we are going to move into our last segment, which is our eclair, which is our positive advice. And I went first last week. So, brother, you're up this week. So take it away. Oh, so for my eclair this week, I just wanted to say that just because it looks impossible doesn't mean that's necessarily what's going to happen. And, you know, my thing is... There's been a lot going on the last few weeks. Chris will attest to it. There's been a lot going on. And I'm sure there's been a lot going on. And you can blame it on whatever you want. You can blame it. You know, I've heard a lot of people saying, oh, it's the Mercury retrograde or what. I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know what's going on. But it seems like it's, uh, it's kind of crunch time for everybody. And, you know, there was something that I remembered the other day. Because I was looking at a situation, I was like, man, that looks like so much from, from where we're at right now to where we're going and uh, what we need to do in between. And I remember being in one of the very first football games I ever played. I think it was actually one of the actual like very first games I ever played. And the coach just said, um, you know, that field is going to look ten times longer than what it actually is. Just... When you get out there, it's going to look really, really long. It's going to look really, really big. And he was right. I mean, I had practice on those fields and whatnot. But for some reason, when you got out there in the, on the big stage and the big lights, it was it looked that much longer and it looked so much bigger than what it actually is. And, you know, but after a while, you get out there and you start realizing, you know, it's not that big. And really, I, I, I've tried to stay away from sports analogies, but we're going into a sports analogy. In, in the game of football, if, if those of you who aren't aware, you have to make 10 yards to get what they call a first down. You only have four chances to do it. And, you know, the thing is, if you consistently just get three to four yards each and every time, you'll get to where you're looking to go. You don't have to look at the whole enchilada. You don't have to go the entire thing all at once. All you can do, just try to take chunks, and you'll eventually make it. It may look impossible but you've done this field I don't know how many times before. It's just because it's a different spotlight. It just looks a little different. But you will make it. Just take the small steps and we'll we'll go through it. Yep. Back to your football analogy. That's definitely what I do on NFL Blitz. And that's how I beat you every time. Just get a little three yards here, a little four yards here. But anyways, on a serious note. So my eclair uh, is a little bit different. Um, it's use your voice or find your voice again. And I don't know who I'm talking to specifically. And no, I'm not going into my preacher voice. I'm not asking you to sow $50,000 in my ministry, but I feel like there's someone that maybe you've used your voice and you've been outspoken, but people have told you, Oh, you just need to be quiet. You just need to not speak so much. And God gave you your voice for a reason. You know, there is such a thing as talking too much and you know, there is a time to be quiet, but man, use your voice. You know, God gave you a voice and you know, your words have power like we talked about last week. So use those words to speak um, and to speak your voice and to speak up. And, 
don't just sit there quietly. If there's a conviction or something that you believe in firmly, use your voice to speak up. I don't want anybody to tell you to be quiet. You know, as a kid, believe it or not, I was told a lot to just be quiet or to close my mouth. And so for a while there, I would just not say anything. And, you know, even in social situations, sometimes I'm very quiet, but, you know, I've had to learn how to use my voice and, you know, your voice is a powerful thing. So use your voice, um, find your voice again. So to whoever it is that's been told to just be quiet, don't let them keep you quiet. Um, but yeah, man, we are moving into the end of our donut box podcast, man. It's been great. It's been fun. Hey, our TV trash our wrestling night at wrestling. That video is up. We've already had like a hundred and like 20 something views just in a couple of days so it's it's blown up so it's been good yeah it's been pretty crazy i can't wait to see what two and three is going to do once we once we get those out as well yep so look into those hey we love you guys so much thank you for listening thank you for being a part of our lives and thank you for inviting us in to your life and listening to us every monday or whatever day of the week you listen to so we are going to sign off I'm Chris. And I'm Michael. And this is the Donut Box Podcast. Be breezy on the streezies. See you.